Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Hello, everybody. I'm J.D. Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more while kicking back, cracking wise, and always having a good time. You can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. I'm Andre Gower. And I'm Ryan Lambert. And you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2019 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me is Brad and Zach. And James is still on assignment. He'll be back in a few weeks. Assignment uh, honeymoon? <laughs> don't you? You listen to old time radio. That's what they always say when they're on vacation. They're on assignment. You, I know. You're a fucking poser. Hey, hey, hey. hey. What about, a poser. How, how about this? This well, just in in the I newsroom. All these years that you knew a lot about radio, yeah. and it turns out you don't. Wait, wait. Doop, 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 doop. This just into the newsroom, Zach Eastman is a poser. He says he likes 1940s radio, but he is nothing but a... Zach Eastman, indicted for fraud. <laughs> this is shitty fraud. Oh, no. Here comes a spinning newspaper. Zach Eastman. <laughs> Zach Eastman takes his cape, case before the Supreme Court. <laughs> Supreme Court denies Zach Eastman his rights. Sentenced to death. Zach Eastman gets life sentence and death. <laughs> they also overturn five different decisions. No, it's like if he's already on his honeymoon when suddenly ninjas attack? Come on, man. Zach Eastman can't believe the hullabaloo that's surrounding his, his impending trial. Zach Eastman takes own life in jail cell before trial. <laughs> Remember that name, Zach Eastman. <laughs> that name, Zach Eastman, will be on everybody's lips. You're saying it so fast it sounds like Zach Eastman, which is like this weird Japanese name I'm not familiar with. <laughs> Whoa, racist much? No, I'm wow. Not. wow. Not only is he a fraud, he's a fucking racist. <laughs> no, Zach Eastman, what? indicted for racist. <laughs> <laughs> racist remarks. Yeah. Indicted for racist fraud? <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure I heard that correctly. Yeah, so, like, you're fake and a racist. Do we have to spell it out to you? Or a fake racist? Nope. All right. Anyway, enough about me and my so-called posing abilities. Yeah, I mean, I just don't believe anything you say now. So, uh, Ryan, you're amazing. Shut the fuck up now. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) hey, Brad, um, me and you uh, went to the Alamo and tested. Uh, tasted their new menu items this week. On separate days. On separate days, (laughs) I had a stupid all-employee meeting that... For some reason, when you become a professional, they don't let you like skip out on. <laughs> um, but, Responsibility. But I, you got? Uh, did you order the hot dog, or did they have those at yours? I didn't get to order anything. They just are, they already had like a buffet out of uh-huh. samples, and they didn't have the whole menu. So like I said, yeah. you have to do the toffee cookies, and yeah. I didn't have that. Oh, yeah, but, it was fun. Uh, 
Alexandria, who is the media contact there, uh, sent us out an invite, and I was going to go with Brad, but then I had that meeting come up, and uh, they were debuting their new menu stuff, and I had the um, vegan pizza and, like, the cauliflower crust. I was like, this is freaking good. Yeah, like everything. Yeah, on, it was. I, I tasted, just tasted great, and I didn't notice the difference between the vegan menu or the no. regular menu, so. So, hats off. I, I My favorite thing I tried was they had this chicken curry salad that had warm uh, pitas with it and it was amazing did you have was it like a sample cup or did they give you like a bowl of it they gave so well so it was only me and like four other people there but they did the same thing they like spread it all out and they're like yeah have as much as you want God, i wish i got because there were a ton of people at mine oh was there yeah. yeah there was and i think that's why she let me go to that one like so quickly because it was me and like seven other people i should just showed up anyway you should have <laughs> and they they put out a swore a mustache like <laughs> <laughs> i'm another Wait, real nerd wh- what's, your, what's your evil character's name in your old bits you had the top hat and the mustache you had an evil oh mustachio <laughs> mustachio you should have shown up as him <laughs> That, that's digging deep in the well. Brad Hig? I don't know any Brad Hig. <laughs> I'm Hig Brad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was lots of fun. It's cool that they invited us. Uh, so Entrepreneur I've... and connoisseur of fine delicacies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no one wears a monocle anymore. <laughs> I know. Hey, fun fact. The Monopoly guy does not wear a monocle. Um, Nor does he sound like Frank Nelson, but... <laughs> Uh, but it's, uh, it was fun and, uh, there, everyone was there. I, uh, next time I go there, I think I'm going to order the whole quinoa chicken curry salad. Cause it was amazing. Yeah. That one looked good on the photos that he took and put on Instagram. Uh, yeah. And it was, it was fun. And so, and I ran into, uh, Steve and Kendall there and they were having a good time and yeah. Did you I got know a the... drink ticket, which I didn't use? Yeah. Me neither. Did you, uh, talk to Steve about how, uh, poor the service has been? <laughs> No, I told him, I said, hey, man, uh, when is it going to be Real Nerds Presents? <laughs> he says, oh, I know I'm asking. I'm like, not very hard. Did not you ask him about hard. that Film Geeks thing that they did? You're like, what the fuck, dude? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I try not to bring up too many bad things, but I will bring up this. So I was uh, so I'm still kind of bitter about Denver Comic Con on one thing. Uh, not the people there. It's not their fault. But so Comic Storian or Comic Historian or whatever the hell it is, is was their DCC guest who was too sick to do here's some inside baseball so too sick to do uh the panel that they put me on at the last minute mm-hmm. which was lots of fun he missed out um so i was like you know what maybe i'm too harsh on this guy maybe i should you know what go to his youtube channel and see what he has to say and one he has 1.7 million subscribers which is pretty amazing yeah but he's one of he's one of those guys i don't know if you've seen it's on dorkly or funny or die i can't remember which one but it's it says every gamer on youtube and he says Retro game, and what is this game? Super hard, and it's like Battle Toads, and they're just really snarky and not that funny. Yep, that's mm. him. And I only selected like the Spider-Man stuff. I said, I said, you know, he has a lot of stuff on it. He puts out a show almost every day, and and it's video, and so it's him. And it seems like he reads just like synopsis of what happens in them because he never really gets into the meat of the story. Um, and so he was talking about Superior Spider-Man, and I, I'm going to say I'm going to see how big of a Spider-Man fan this guy is. And uh, so he he goes into it, and he one he says, "Oh yeah," and, and uh, so uh, Doc Ock is this bad guy and he redeems himself, and then oh, Spider-Man's back. I think not. I'm like, wow, he's really one of those YouTube guys <laughs> that wh- 
I don't understand. Why do people watch that stuff? So you're telling me that we don't use our YouTube page enough and we need to start making more YouTube videos? <laughs> we should. And we'll just be us like, Sicario? What's Sicario? <laughs> Hitman? <laughs> like, just the dumbest stuff. And I... I will not participate in those. I will go into the comment section and tell you, you suck, Ryan, if Thank you, you ever do those. And, and I don't know. I guess I'm just still really bitter about it. <laughs> not bitter at the people at Denver Comic Con. It's just how much we bust our ass for the con. And then I see someone who's like who uses so-called celebrity, who's not even a celebrity, kind of. Um, he's got the subscribers, man. Yeah, but he he, but he's nobody. I mean, if you go outside of comics, who the, who the no one's gonna know who he is. But I don't know; it just drives me crazy. Yeah. And I, a lot of hey, people man, like he's taking photos with him at his booth. He he's got his style, and we got our style. Yeah, I'm not talking about his style. I'm talking about how much of an asshole he is. Okay, well. He's got his assholes. We got I'm an asshole I, too, but I'll, I still will be nice <laughs> and try to help people out. Yeah. Now uh, that's enough out of Zach. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. That's what I did. Like Brad cut his mic. Yesterday, I was waiting for. So I'm super allergic to shellfish, mm-hmm. and my wife uh, got off work yesterday, and she said, "Are you going to go see your movie?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "Okay. Well, I'm going to make shrimp." I said, "Okay. Can I? I'm going to go get ready, and then I'll go because I was playing outside in." Our wonderful yard that's nothing but dirt right now with my kid. So I, I go in there and I'm changing and she's like deveining the shrimp, taking the shit out of them. And I, I'm like I can feel it in my pores. I'm like, oh, my God, this sucks. Mm. And so I, I got down uh, to Denver early and I so I was like, I'm going to watch this guy. And then just made me bitter. <laughs> like, I just don't I just don't get it. I don't get why they're popular. Why is, he, why is everybody like this guy more and, than me? And it's not and it's not just him. It's, you know, my kid watches this stuff called the Axel show and it's his dad and his kid who literally play with toys and he'll say and his, so his son's named Axel and they I mean they do the one problem I don't have with this show is he'll take him into the thrift store he says hey and he's a surfer guy he says hey bro you got like two bucks to spend on toys that you want so he's teaching his kid that he doesn't get anything he wants he has to go to the thrift store and pick out some nice things he's like no nah, bro don't got enough money for that one and so I don't <laughs> mind that as much but I, when I watch him I sometimes I don't get why people are popular I don't. I can't be that old where I don't understand it. And I have. I mean, I I have a friends that watch game broadcasts. They watch people play a game. Oh, the Twitch sensations. Yeah. I, Sometimes they're entertaining. I've seen a, a couple of them. They're. They, I don't watch them at, on mass, but they've. I understand the appeal. Growing up, if you're in a room with like two people on a one-player game, and you had to sit on the couch and just watch the other person play for like half an hour. You're just like, oh god, kill me. Yeah, and it. I just don't get it. Yeah, my, I, I my, never, and and they always they're the same guys. Who are like, oh, I'm gonna jump over this fucker, and yeah. it's it's not funny. A- am I just that old now? I think we are. That sucks. My cousin does a little bit of Twitch streaming like that. He makes it interesting though. Like they you change it up. You're... Zach, it's okay not to like things. No, I'm not. I'm not joking. <laughs> some of them are actually pretty good. There are some who are just a bunch of racist dicks. But <laughs> you're, you're you're just too nice, Zach. Be be a critic. You're on here to be a critic. Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week we saw Sicario, Day of Soldado. I hate that fucking subtitle. I mean, the ticket on the Alamo just said Sicario 2 Soldado. So yeah, well, I'm going to call it. it Sicario Dos from now on. should have been either Dia de uh, El Soldado yeah. or uh, Day of the Soldier. So. Yeah, I'm just going to call it Sicario Dos. Sure. Um, so uh, we'll talk about the movie. If you should see it or not, then we'll spoil it after we play the trailer. I'm going to talk about movies that are uh, coming out on Blu-ray, movie news, and what we've been watching. Um, did you get? Do you have an NES Classic? I do, and I saw that they have more on the shelf. I'm a little yeah. 
Yes, yeah. I uh, I got really lucky because uh, I told you about the trials and tribulations of owning a house last week. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take games I don't play anymore, and I'm going to see if I can get one. And I didn't get to GameStop until like 4 in the afternoon. I'm like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> and they literally had like 20 of them. Yep. I was like, all right. I was at GameStop yesterday evening at the Southwest Plaza Mall, mm-hmm. that one. And yeah, like the counter back counters just had like 20 of them. So yeah, if you waited one year. Yep. You wouldn't have to pay a lot of money. Did you pay a lot of money for yours? Um, I think I paid 150 for mine, and yeah, this one's only like 60. Yeah, because the Super Nintendo is like 80. Yeah, this one doesn't come with the second controller. controller. Yeah. and then I didn't. So I was playing with it, man. That sh- sh- cord is short. Yeah, um, but luckily I had to. I have so many HDMI things hooked up now to my Samsung that I actually have to have a, like a splitter, and so I was able to pull that out, pull the Nintendo out, and yeah, I'm just gonna buy some extension cables off of Amazon. Yeah, it's fun though. Like it. Uh, you know, you forget how challenging those games are. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had lots of fun, though. Uh, I played Mario, and I made it to World, like, 8-3 before I couldn't advance any farther. And I had to get used to, like, a little lag in the controller. So I had to get used to the controller as well. But it's fun. And the graphics actually do look better. Like, they're, they're smoothed out a lot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you're looking for one, you can probably find them now. Because they... Listen, the like, oh, people are upset with us <laughs> I wish they had said just like you know yeah they're out now but we'll bring back more eventually well i don't so think don't they were going to, i don't think they were going to right and then they heard the demand and is making people angry and you know it probably doesn't it's probably not that hard for them to make it no because i mean it, literally it's just what an emulator inside a nintendo shaped plastic thing yep but uh yeah it was fun i mean the valuable part is the nintendo official seal and the plastic shell like there's plenty of third-party people that shell, sell shells for their Raspberry Pis. Oh, yeah. But this one's like the official Nintendo mm-hmm. one, so. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I played Excite Bike. I haven't played that game in forever. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, I tried to play just the original Legend of Zelda, and that game's impossible. <laughs> like, after five minutes, I'm just like, ah, fuck this game. I'm done. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. It's hard. You could do it. Well, th- that's that's what made that game unique at the time. If you, you know, even now, you can go play Ganon whenever you want. Um and that you have to if once you get the wooden sword you can kind of you know mm. figure it out it, that game had lots of secrets too because is the master sword is somewhere in the graveyard in the graveyard you had to go through a certain maze to get to and i don't remember i'd, ha- I'd have to sit and play it for a little bit but um I can only play so many games at once i'm yeah. old i don't know what the fuck you two just said but you're special <laughs> i bought fractured butthole and it's sitting on my shelf just waiting for a good weekend <laughs> you know what's funny is i started playing it again i didn't, i stopped playing it cuz I don't know why. I just had so many games going on, and I, I was like, I just need to concentrate on one. So yesterday, I rebooted it up, and I got the collector's edition, and I had like five season pass things I could have downloaded, and uh, they just released um, like Casa Bonita level, and um, so the, the game's still pretty funny. Um, I just beat Professor Chaos, and well, I beat uh, General Dis- uh, Disarray, and Professor Chaos is... Um, minions are uh mexicans that he's paid to work there (laughs) (laughs) they're all just wrapped in foil it's (coughs) it's pretty great and then you know you got uh pc principal (laughs) it's pretty fun (laughs) oh south park you can find the member berries really (laughs) yeah and so even after i find them i always go back up to him and hit him because they say something new every time (laughs) remember the cantina i remember (laughs) see i've been playing video games i didn't watch too many movies this week we do do a movie podcast, though. Brad, what's happening around town? What's what's going on in Denver, the Mile High City? Sunny, beautiful Mile High City. Only 93 degrees today. 
Or how are you celebrating Fourth of July in the Mile High City? Are you going around town, riding some fireworks? Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Even brighter than the moon. Okay. I'll wait. <laughs> Brad, Brad, you're a firework. Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. This week at the Esquire, uh, the midnight movie is Jaws. Ooh. Awesome. July 6th and 7th. And then the following weekend, July 13th and 14th, is the Beatles' Yellow Submarine, 50th anniversary. Do we all live there? I don't know. Do you? We all live in a Yellow Submarine, Brad. Mm, news to me. Not in the town I was born. And then... Uh, <laughs> The drive-in <laughs> movie uh, is still um, Incredibles, Ocean's 8, and Deadpool 2. Nice. So. I know next week I'm seeing Ninja Turtles 3 in the theater. Are you guys going to be there? Yes. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah? At the Bug Theater? Yeah, I've never heard of being played in the theater. It must be something special going on. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the movie's pretty special. I don't know if there's anything else tied to that. The movie's okay. Yeah. I heard that they might play some of the, the, the Turtles games afterwards. Oh, So sweet. that might be fun. So if you stick around. No joke. That um, that was the only... Well, the first and the third were the VHSs I had as a kid. And the opening montage for the third was something I would rewind like crazy because I just loved the opening music for it. The I was ZZ a dumb cop. Can't Stop Rockin'? Yeah, Can't Stop Rockin'. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember the FHE. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the first one had that pizza commercial. Yep. With the baseball. But I remember the third one's opening... Of the movie, they basically look like they're all coming down. I think it's like they're all coming down a ladder and they're doing like poses and in the distance. And then the Game's second movie had a, a trailer for Suburban Commando and Step Kids, <laughs> which became like some other movie. There are strikes on the batter, some runners are on. <laughs> Suddenly, everyone's looking at me. My mind has been wondering what could it be. They point to the sky and I look up above. Is that worth 30 and seconds? And <laughs> falls into my glove. I play right field. It's important to know it. You got to know how to catch it. You got to know how to throw it. That's why I play right field. <laughs> where, where the dandelions grow. Where the dandelions grow. Pizza Hut is a proud sponsor of Little League's baseball. I remember that, and that's exactly how that goes. Wow. Making it great. <laughs> yes. Can you do that again so I can, like, at the end of the show, is just, like, a clean track of you singing that song? Uh, I, I guess I could. <laughs> hey, see, th- see your, your singing is so wonderful that it yes. attracted a crowd of one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if you ever need to hear any other Pizza Hut commercials, I got them. <laughs> Oh, no, you're fine. I don't want to be too loud for you. What is this guy singing from 1990? (laughs) It's okay. I sing songs from 1940, so this is probably better for him. (laughs) So, yeah, that's all that's going on around around town. And I'm I'm open for bookings if you want me to sing the Pizza Hut song (laughs) to you in the style of Trey Parker. The next time we do a live show, you just need to start the show just coming out, rocking that. You know, I was thinking about next time we do a live show, if we did like a Joe McHale with Joe McHale style show – and we planned it far enough in advance. It'd be really funny. It would. Um, Get a laptop that works. Yeah, and you know, I could still host it, but you guys could always be the like the pizza ghost guy. Yeah. Or <laughs> like that. Um, just be fun. 
So it's something next year. Stay tuned for that. It's going to be like a talk soup or the Penis McHale show with Penis McHale. <laughs> I still need to watch that on Netflix. It's on my queue. Oh, you can't believe I haven't watched it. I think that the new episodes are coming out soon. Good. Yeah. I'll dump them all at once. It's not like they're complicated to make. <laughs> no. He probably has writers and he shows up the day before. Yeah. I would. Good man, Joe McHale. All right. Um, <laughs> this is what's happening in the movie world in a segment I call Real News. It's Real News. You guys like what we do in the shadows, right? Yep. I do. Okay, awesome. Well, we're getting a TV series of it. It's a spinoff called Wellington Paranormal, and the trailer just dropped uh, this week. Yeah, oh, I thought that was a movie. Nope, it's a TV series. Coming cool. on to New Zealand television next month, but there's no home for it in the U.S. yet. But they put a trailer out, and it looks pretty funny. Netflix. That'd Amazon Prime. Great, that, one of those two would be fine. Fuck Hulu. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm glad you planted your flag firmly. <laughs> My wife gets the one that has the commercials in it. It's garbage. Um, I'm trying to remember from last week. Like We already talked about Spider-Man's new title being revealed, right? Mm. Yep. It's okay, Far cool. From Home. Cool. Kevin Feige also revealed why it's called Far From Home, and it's it's the most adorable, straightforward quote ever. We know it's the summer. I think it's summer vacation. I think he's going to Europe with his friends. <laughs> yep. That's Kevin Feige, kind of 2018. Is uh, Mysterio like a British character? No. Hmm. He's a special effects wizard. He could be, though. He could be. I don't know. Is the casting of Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio? A it hasn't thing? been confirmed, but it's one. I'm guessing it's one of those things. What's Comic Con next week? Mm, uh, no, it's like August. No, wait, no, no, it's July. July. It's like near the end of July. Yeah, I'm sure they'll say something there. Um, in more Spider-Man news, though, not really Spider-Man news, but uh, Jared Leto is going to play Morbius in a Spider-Man spinoff movie. That um, one actually makes more sense to me than Venom. Mm -hmm. uh, the story. I don't know if anyone knows the story about Michael Morbius, but he's a uh, he's a doctor who develops a rare blood disease and he tries oh, to cure scientists i know he, tr <laughs> he, he tries to cure himself by mixing his blood with vampire bat blood and it turns him into a vampire and shocker the only, <laughs> and the only way he can stay alive is drinking the blood of other people so he's a dracula but he's not a dracula yeah he's a scientifically created dracula mm. yeah. well the living vampire which well that, so is an oxymoron. There's, well, a, there's the, a historical reason for that. Yeah, the reason they had to is because the Comic Code's authority wouldn't let you have just vampire at that time. Yeah. So they went around it by calling him the living vampire. And as soon as they loosened it up, that's when Werewolf by Night and the Living Mummy and all those kind of horror creatures started popping up. Because you know you got to put a positive spin on being a monster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I that makes more sense to me than Venom because Morbius isn't even though he debuted in a Spider-Man comic. His existence isn't predicated on Spider-Man. He's just the antagonist for Spider-Man. Where I'm still... <laughs> I mean, Venom's look, his uh, moves, everything about him is Spider-Man. The antithesis of Spider-Man. So I don't... Whatever. I'll see the movie, obviously, because it's Tom Hardy. And Jared Leto's good, so uh, it makes more sense to me. Daniel Espinosa, the director of Life, will helm the film. So I hmm. guess James won't be seeing it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the... Uh, to update on the Disney Fox uh, situation, uh, the DOJ approved it, but Comcast apparently is trying to put in one last bid. They're trying to see if they can top that. Uh... <laughs> 20th Century Fox is going, yes. <laughs> yes. Ah, sweet money. Excellent, <laughs> Smithers. <laughs> uh, 
I, I got I'm an official member of D23 now. I Oh, look at you. Well, the Disney movie rewards haven't been that great for a while. Cuz remember when you first got it, you got the Wally like model. Hey, well, the cardboard yeah. like just you can't see it at home, but it's my I'm, my arms are stretched out entirely. But still, you know, it's something unique. Yeah. So, I I'm looking I'm like, man, nothing. And so after like I haven't ordered anything in 3 years. I've just been accumulating points. And then I went on there last week. I was like, I wonder if I can even get anything really cool. And then the D23 like one year membership was like 4,000 points. So I cashed them all in. And I got sent this like my wife is going great, more shit. My wife. <laughs> it's um not only is it a sweet like certificate signed by Mickey, but and Bob Iger, so I'm pretty sure that's an actual signature. Um um I hate to break it to you, but Mickey's a drawing and it's probably what? some other person signing this. Fuck that. No, dude. They Fuck took, all that shit. They took Walt Disney out of the grave. They put his hand to a pen and they had it sign it for you, Ryan. Uh, but the cool thing is they sent you like this, like a care package. And so this year is, my theme is Mickey Mouse because it's his 90th anniversary. Oh, and, that's right. And so you open it up and I was hoping it was a book. I thought it was a book, but it's this cardboard shaped book. I'm like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> but when I open it, the insides are awesome. They have like uh, script and storyboards for Steamboat Willie. Uh I mean, obviously reproductions, but uh, my favorite is it has um, a note with Mickey waving at Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. What's the name of the uh, head of Universal? Carl. Uh, Carl Lemley. Carl Lemley. And it says, uh, hey, Carl Lemley, remember when you distributed the Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoons? Love Walt Disney. And like, so it's basically Mickey Mouse, like flipping him off and going, eh, enjoy Oswald. So that's pretty fun. Um, I love how you have to pay to get dirty Disney. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's cool, though, because it on the inside flap, it also has everything that came with it. And it's like 25 little like knickknacks. And my wife is an app because she's a great more shit. Um, but you also get like exclusive content on their website and um they hold mixers around the country, so I don't know if one's coming to Denver. Don't you also um, get access to the expo? Yeah, but it's in like Tokyo. Well, like, I mean, wasn't it three years ago? It was in, in, in so if, if it's in Santa Ana or Anaheim, then yeah, yeah then I'll go to it. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, uh, but, but yeah. I mean, the, the certificate's really nice, and I got like a really cool card. And um, they sent me my first magazine, and the magazine is oversized and it has awesome pictures in it. And the first one I got was Avengers: Infinity War, and it has a like a 10 page interview with Kevin Feige and it has Ant-Man and the Wasp and it's pretty, it's like a really nice magazine. Um, I, just, I don't know how much it costs normally. Does anyone know? Uh, it's like a hundred bucks probably the membership yeah. for a year. I, I didn't check the price, but it looked <laughs> all the benefits told me that I couldn't afford it. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I would never pay for it. Well, I mean, I guess I kind of did, but with your point. With my points. Also, but. also, I just love the idea, like the silliest idea in the world, which is Ryan goes to Tokyo <laughs> to just for D23. <laughs> See, why did I know that that was going to happen? I, I played Punch-Out, and I'm like, wow, it's like super racist. Uh, so in Punch-Out, used to be Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, but don't worry, they got rid of him because he is a rapist. And, uh, and, and one of the champions, his name is Piston Honda, and when you go in, in between uh, rounds, you know... Uh, Doc talks up little Mac. He says, you know, duck and move, duck and move or whatever. And then uh, Piston Honda says, kamikaze, sushi, bonsai. Wow. wow. <laughs> and the music is super, uh, like, racist. Oh, God. Um, anyway. Um, Anyways. So, yeah, that was that was Disney's um, end of things. Um, 
Uh, Facebook uh, a while back announced that they were trying to figure out a way to protect you from spoilers, and now they're testing an algorithm for protecting you from spoilers. Um, How about protect us from the Russians and stupid fake political stuff? Hey, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. They're a private company in the United States. Um, keyword snooze is the tech. Um, I mean, to be honest, like, do any of you guys even like have a problem with spoilers on Facebook anymore? I just don't click yes. on them. You, you do? Okay. Yeah, I just yeah, like I just don't click. I just scroll past. Mm, for sure. Well, anyway, now you can like apparently enter in the keywords that you don't want, mixed with the word spoiler, and then it'll like Donald Trump presidency. <laughs> Does it go away? <laughs> nope. Well, worthless <laughs> algorithm to me. <laughs> God. Um, and then uh, last news in uh, connection to our film from last week. Uh, I guess uh, the people behind Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom are pissed off at the trailers because it spoiled something. But when you read the story, they're angry because Jeff Goldblum said, welcome to Jurassic World in the trailer, which is the final line in the movie, guys. Spoilers. Um, that doesn't feel like a spoiler to me. That feels like a catchy line that you put at the end of your trailer to sell your movie. Did they forget the previous movie was called Jurassic World? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, in the, the, first, the first movie... They say, welcome to Jurassic Park. So I thought, you know, when I saw it, I was like, oh, it's a play on it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Apparently, Trevor was pissed off about it. Trevor is. I decided I'm not going to endorse his movie. <laughs> I'm Ryan Frost, and I approve this message. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's news. Unless I missed anything. Did, uh, Anything mm. anything happened? I mean, Olivia de Havilland turned 101, so she's still alive. I know. I liked her on Facebook after I saw that. I said, man, I got to reach I out gotta, to I got to like that. got to like her. <laughs> Golden now. Age actress. She doesn't know she has a Twitter account. It's like <laughs> Probably not. Her publicist. Um, she's still suing the people who made Feud because of really? the way Catherine Zeta-Jones, I think it is, portrays her in the, in the huh. miniseries. I, I like uh, The Adventures of Robin Hood with her. Oh, of course. She's been in a lot of great movies. Yeah. Um, and she's also the reason why um, uh, a lot of, like, I think it's, like, studios, but also, like, man talent agencies and management um, agencies have to be very careful with their contracts because she um, fought Warner Brothers and won back in the late 40s. So. Who's still hiring her to be in movies? I will in a heartbeat. I'll be like, <laughs> Olivia, get on over here. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's news. Yeah, we also get movies every week, maybe in a segment we call Coming Out on Blu-ray. DVD releases the Blu-rays. C-U-M-M-I-N-G. They're coming out. Um, uh, you can go to uh, Barnes & Noble right now. They have their 50% off Criterion collection. We might be talking about that here in a minute. But um, in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, know if there's anything I want right now. I don't want any stupid French films, so. Uh, well, you're out of luck for this uh, this week's releases. Uh, but on the mainstream side, uh, Blockers is getting its Blu-ray release. Brad, did you see that? I did. We talked about it. Yeah, I couldn't remember as you. Is it worth seeing? It's it, yeah, it's a fun. Um, you know, it's, if you, if you just need something to watch to kill time. Sweet. So I'll wait till it streams. Uh, you can also get Beirut, uh, the John Hamm film about Beirut. Um. Seven Days in Antibes, which had uh, Daniel Brohl from Civil War in it. Uh, so two two little political thrillers there you can check out. Um, and on the re-release side, uh, Last House on the Left, the original Wes Craven thriller, is coming to Arrow. Arrow, right. Um, yeah. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, I'm actually going to pick that up because I don't think I've ever seen a copy of, or decent copy of Last House on the Left from 72 on Blu-ray. So. I, I think I, ha- I have it. It's an MGM title, I believe. That's why I'm fearing that it wouldn't look good. <laughs> I don't think it's bad. I don't remember. I mean, it's not a movie I'm pop in. I'm like, hey, I want to watch <laughs> girls get raped and murdered. Um, or watch people get thrown out of a chicken truck. You know, yeah. like there's just things you, you know. don't want to watch, man. Um, but every once in a while I pop in. I it's been so long I can't actually remember the transfer. It yeah. But anyway, now we're getting one from last uh, from Arrow. It so, deserves to be. Yeah. Um, also, another Wolf Cop. Nice. Which there's which another. I didn't mind the first Wolf Cop until the end. It got really convoluted and super heavy on story. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just want to see a werewolf drive around and be a cop. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have no response to that. I've never seen the first wolf, yep. wolf cop. There is no response to that. <laughs> um, uh, also from Arrow, the Cat O' Nine Tales, which uh, is from Dario Argento. Yeah, so. That sounds Italian. Yeah, it, because Dario Argento made it. <laughs> I deduced that after you said it. Yeah. Also, something I didn't realize had even come out, but um, somebody did a reinterpretation of the uh, story Journey's End, which is about World War One. But it has um, Paul Bettany, Oscar Butterfield, Toby Jones, Stephen Graham. Nice. Like I, this sounds awesome. I want to understand why this didn't get mainstream, and I, I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it and then I'll find out why. Um, uh, also, from uh, not, coming out to Criterion, uh, Dietrich and von Sternberg, uh, the collection. Fucking Nazis. Uh, Marlene Dietrich was a agent for us in the war. Sorry. I know. I'm just. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's a collection of some of their films from 1930 to 1935 before. Um, the war kicked in for the U.S. and whatnot, so they probably come from Warner Brothers. So they'll probably. Uh, when did the U.S. enter the war, Zach? Nineteen forty-one. What day? December seventh. Right. Well, actually, Dece- wait. I think it was December eighth when we actually declared the. the there state you of go. War. Yeah, that's right. History. Yeah, pass it along. Because December seventh was the day that he we'll made live that in infamy. <laughs> A day which will live in infamy. Um, Maybe they declared it the same day because in. I have to look that up now. Now I'm thinking about it because Hawaii is five hours behind. Right. And also like. So if it happened at seven in the morning, so it'd be noon, he probably didn't get it till two. Maybe he didn't do it in the same day. Uh, also, like with with a tragedy like that, you 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 have to assume Congress be working overtime. I hope. Um, also coming out, though, uh, Borgfried McEnroe uh, or McEnroe. Sorry. The uh, Shia LaBeouf tennis movie, uh, which was really good. I saw it uh, earlier this year and I do recommend you check that out. Um, outside of that, uh, nothing, uh, too exciting except for this one that I found called the Jurassic games, which is from uncorked entertainment. And, uh, the plot synopsis says in the near future, 10 death row convicts are forced to compete in a virtual reality game that pits them against dinosaurs and each (laughs) other. So there we go. We've, why not? Yeah. Why not? I mean, I always wanted Katniss Everdeen to fight a. Uh, a dinosaur, and now I guess I'll get my chance. So I went ahead and put it in the Google machine, and we were right. I know I doubt ourselves. December eighth, <laughs> December eighth. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, but by the way, this is the best title I've seen on the listing: "Call Girl of Cthulhu." Nice. <laughs> I, w- I call upon Cthulhu to to make love What's to me. What's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> um, Sorry. So here, here I'll read. I'll, I'll read the uh, synopsis for you. Um, I won't be as good as James, but I'll give it a shot. Carter Wilcox is a struggling Cox. artist who's been saving his virginity for someone special. When Plot. he <laughs> when he meets the enchanting escort Riley Watley, he believes he's found the one. Unfortunately, she's also someone special 
to an ancient cult that believes she's the chosen bride of its alien god Cthulhu. Forced to mate with a tentacle deity, Riley becomes a vessel that for the spawn that would destroy mankind. <laughs> uh, now Carter and his noise musician roommate Eric Zan. Eric Zan. Wait, his noise what? His noise musician roommate. <laughs> Noise musician. I don't know what a noise musician is. <laughs> Someone please write in and tell us. They must battle the sinister cult and unimaginable creatures to save Riley and the rest of humanity. Will they save the world or surrender to the slimy grip of the great old ones? Wow. This sounds just awful. <laughs> and yet I want to see it because it's... Every time someone makes like HP Lovecraft nonsense, I want to watch it because I want to see how dumb. Much it can like get. his stories. Oh yeah, well he's an incredible, <laughs> he's a fucking incredible racist man. Um, any podcast fans out there, listen to the Dead Authors podcast with Paul Shear playing HP uh, Lovecraft. It's hilarious. Um, and then yeah, not just a bunch of anime and uh, the documentary Mansfield sixty six sixty seven is getting a second printing, so you can check that out. We'll have better titles next week though because I'm looking ahead. Did you know that semis have a bar underneath their trailers called the Mansfield Bar because of how she died? There, there's some movie trivia for you. There you go. I actually, guess. Actually, I was wrong. One more. There's a movie called House Shark. Oh, coming, shit. Coming to Blu-ray. There is no synopsis for House Shark. That's why I sent you that trailer for Sky Sharks. <laughs> but there's a poster. It's just a shark about <laughs> to eat a house. <laughs> it's literally someone took a... <laughs> Great white shark and photoshopped a house underneath it. All right, the trailer who, looks like. All right, who's gonna buy it? I'll, I'll, if not, I'll no I'll take the bullet. <laughs> the trailer has like the toilet and there's like a fin going around inside the toilet. <laughs> yep. Lovely. Anyway, that's Blu-rays. Yay. Yay. Uh, hey, Brad. When can people uh, hear our Denver Comic Con interviews? Whenever I don't have to do my main job. Fuck your main job. I know, right? Yeah. Just wondering. Or when you're doing your main man. Wait, what? Wow, homophobic, Zach. Yeah, yeah maybe it's me, and we're in the same room together. Mm. Anyway. The Intolerance. podcast is reaching new low. Yeah, and I thought it couldn't get any lower after I was talking about horse fucking, but here we are. <laughs> I haven't brought up horse fucking in a while. Yeah, it doesn't usually come up. No, it doesn't come up too often. Yeah. Usually but, only it's when I'm in a barn. We'll do some brainstorming, make sure it gets its way back into the podcast. <laughs> Well, you were in a barn last week for James's wedding, so... You saw the horses run away, didn't you? I did. <laughs> they look of terror in their eyes. Yeah, they're going, they're going, nay, nay, all the way down the pasture. Uh, if, you're, if you'd like us to soil your special event, uh, we're available for bookings. Book the Real Nerds podcast at 720-6Nerds5, and you can also join in on the fun. It's like a shitty rat pack, guys. <laughs> I thought it was really weird when you emceed the dance with your pants down. So <laughs> That's how I roll. That makes sense. Yep. Now you know. What you, see, the secret is you strap a carrot to your dong. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know. Oh, Wilbur. <laughs> hey, Orsies, it's feeding time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, what's this? <laughs> you, you want some carrots? <laughs> you do a better... Uh, Creepy old man than I do from Family Guy. <laughs> you want a carrot, little horse? I can't do it either. I nope. haven't done it in a while. Brad, your turn. I, I'm trying to think. I haven't done it in a while. G- give me a line that he says. Wow, thanks, Mr. Herbert. <laughs> oh, boy, it must be my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Get 
Get your sweet fat ass back here. <laughs> Get your fat ass back here. Get your fat ass back here. <laughs> There it is. Come on, Jesse. Get the paper. <laughs> you know, I've never seen the greased up deaf guy in a while in Family Guy. <laughs> You're never going to catch me. <laughs> You're wasting your time. Um, oh, family Guy. Oh, gosh. I haven't watched it in a long ass time, though. Like, I haven't caught I up with it. the latest season DVD was supposed to be out last week because it was on my Amazon as a pre-order, and mm-hmm. now it's not huh. pre-orderable oh, yeah, anymore. Yeah, it in July, too. Yeah. Oh. What the fuck, Family Guy? Come out on Blu-ray already. They'll probably never. It's Fox. They they yeah. took stuff off Blu-ray. Did you see that? It's always sunny is coming back without Dennis. He's in North Dakota. Yeah. I think. <laughs> How am I supposed to live without the Dennis system? I still laugh every time he where when I watch the the Nightman episode and he walks in in his like rock outfit and he does that dance. Always funny. Then you know, love me some Dennis. Hey, we watch movies throughout the week in a segment I call What We've Been Watching. It's really hard to be the only one who talks on the podcast. And all I do is carry. Sorry, carry. I was just, I We're not really here. You've been talking to yourself speak, for, the past 11 year, or for the past seven years, man. You know, I, I listened to our... I thought this was your show. It is my show. I was listening to our, our live podcast. Actually, it's pretty good. Yeah. I listened yeah. to it. I was, I was, I'm, I'm proud of you guys. I wish there was a way to, like, on iTunes or whatever they're listening to, to incorporate the posters that you had on the slideshow, because... Mm. Especially when you like pwned him with the Robert Downey Jr. poster. <laughs> that's that's not pwning me. That's making sure we pay tribute to the greatest actor of living. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yes, the the regular sacrifice. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And then James taking credit for biggest laugh. And I was like, dude, did you not see the Iron Man poster? Right? <laughs> <laughs> that uh, the, that one got the best reaction. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was awesome. Yeah, but so, yeah, you can't see it. Every once in a while, we're we're pretty spot on. But if you want to see it. Come to the show next time. Yeah. yeah. Might be standing room only. We were almost at capacity the last time, so. Yeah. I think we turned some people away. No, because we were actually going at the same time as um, uh, some other person. So. Who's on the main stage? I don't even know. <laughs> I did nine panels that day, or seven panels. David Tennant. We, 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 we were, going we were competing David with no, David Tennant. No, it was Tennant. Ron Perlman. Oh, that's right. Ron Perlman. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Hellboy himself was competing uh, with our audience members. I'm always surprised that, you know, I don't, um, my, my Power Ranger panel is really popular. Maybe it's because, I don't know, it has like 5,000 views. I'm surprised that like that Archie one hit as much as it did. Like, I that, know. There's like 1,000 views on Just that Just dragging thing. it down and shit. I know. <laughs> What'd you watch this week, Brad? So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Uh, this week, I uh, rewatched Death to Smoochie. Oh, Yay! Wow. Yeah, which because it's great. <laughs> I didn't realize the DVD had so many like extra spe- extra features. There's Danny DeVito commentary. There's mm. a behind the scenes like making of. Hmm. Um, it's on DVD, which is unfortunate, and there's no Blu-ray. <laughs> I guess they don't attainable. make Blu-rays for movies that only grossed a million dollars. Only grossed a million? <laughs> it's pretty bad. I, I mean, they do. I'm just. It's well, I gave them seven bucks. It's a it's a good flick. I think it's one of Danny DeVito's best films. <laughs> Robin Williams is amazing in it. Oh yeah, um, he is. The commentary is a little creepy because when they go to the strip club club scene, Danny DeVito is just like, "Oh yeah, that was a good day. A lot of hot chicks." <laughs> <like that." laughs> mm-hmm. You got to pay the troll toll. Yeah. Um, I love um, Edward Norton in that film too. Oh yeah, uh, he's great. <laughs> it's a cock. <laughs> <laughs> the cock and balls. I'm, going I'm sorry, it made eight million dollars. 
<laughs> oh, see, seven more than you thought. Lifetime gross. <laughs> it is. It made $4 million its opening weekend. Actually, uh, he also acknowledges that the commentary is recorded after the <laughs> premiere, so he's like, did not turn out as we'd hoped, but... <laughs> Against a $50 million budget. In in the defense of them, I think... Well, it's not even a defense. I think it's hard to sell that movie, because it's extremely dark, and it's touching a very like hard to like make dark subject, and they found a way. And it's, it's a little late to the game, because it was... A, you know, it's a parody of Barney... Yeah, like a, a dark take on Barney, and yeah. which was like mid '90s, and this was I think 2002. Yeah, but so. it still got like I, I still think it like works like really well. Oh yeah, it's, it's, I love how John Stewart kept making it a joke throughout his entire run on the Daily yeah. Show. Yeah, he was, he was also commenting on uh, how much how uh, much John Stewart's hair made him laugh for that movie. <laughs> um, Going on safari, motherfucker, safari. Yeah, that, that's the movie I first like even heard about gluten and stuff <laughs> yeah um <laughs> oh and it's um don't say and stuff that guy from batman returns and a bunch of tim burton movies uh plays the uh the busby guy at the end the buzzy guy oh, uh fuck Bug- I, buggy ding dong or buggy something. ding dong yeah he's yeah. he's playing it, it, i just He's so great in that yeah, too. Yeah, he's that so final hooked moment. on like smack and he just keeps <laughs> passing out while he's trying to assassinate. <laughs> um, and then the whole ice capades are a celebration of uh, Spinner's death. Yeah, uh, I forget with the the other Smoochie, how they like. I think it's just Moochie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. That, that's both funny and sad at the same time. It's really strange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a fun movie. And then I also watched Lock Up, which is a Basically, Rocky in prison with Sylvester Stallone and Donald Sutherland, um, and they're Ooh, great. The fight <laughs> in prison. He's a like. There's a montage that opens the movie that you know he he like worked on cars with his dad, and I guess something happened where his dad was sick and uh, he was in jail and he wanted to like go see his dad before he died, but Donald Sutherland wouldn't let him go, so he escaped, and then that like embarrassed Donald Sutherland, the warden. Um, and then, uh, Stallone finished his time. Um, but then the day before he, uh, actually gets out, Don Sutherland throws a wrench in the plans and just kidnaps him and takes him to a maximum security prison. Cause he's, he's a minimum. Hmm. It, it, it wasn't a violent offense. Um, who are you kidnapping me? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he takes him to this maximum security place and like, he gets beat up and, by one of the dudes from Predator and nice, um, yeah. He's, is it? He's just tortured. Is constantly. it on par with Death Warrant? <laughs> it's better than De- Death Warrant. It's is actually it? directed by uh, the guy who did uh, two of the Rocky movies and Karate Kid. Mm. Oh, um, John G. Alvinson. Yeah. Mm. Um, it, yeah, it's like a good sentimental like type movie because you know he gets he gets into maximum security prison and like well, you know prison you know his values like inspire other inmates uh to like I'm gonna teach you all how to read you know so is it like the, Sha- the so it's like the shawshank redemption with Sylvester right, Stallone? <laughs> yeah it's like a a little more on the nose version of shawshank why are you being so obtuse <laughs> <laughs> not as good as mine zach i know it's not but <laughs> yeah. i didn't think anybody else was gonna try it <laughs> it's donald sutherland the morgan freeman character <laughs> i can't know donald, donald sutherland's voice, the his, warden his voice is badass sutherland yeah it's like a, I don't know. Very distinct. It's, well, it's like Kiefer Sutherland, but maybe deeper? I don't know. It's got a different twang to it. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds... They're both badass, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's good. I recommend that. And that I got to find a Blu-ray of that, because that's also on DVD. 
Um, and that had some cool special features. And then, uh, well, it's only on DVD, you know. <laughs> I acted my heart out on that, you know. Sly, would you say it's your favorite movie? No, I mean my favorite one is Rocky. You know, kind of put me on the map. You know, <laughs> what's your favorite movie about being a Vietnam vet who's tortured by the war? Rocky Two. <laughs> oh shoot! I had the Stallone filter on Ryan's track. Let me just dial that down. <laughs> uh, you know, anyways, he. Uh... <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Uh, and then uh, I also watched the second season of Glow dropped on Friday. Nice. Good. And uh, yeah, it's a. I, for some reason, I thought the first season was six episodes, but it was ten. So, uh, but I watched all ten straight through because it was good. And, also, uh, Brie gets naked in it, you know. Oh, I, I hit the button. <laughs> Darn it! Sorry. <laughs> you really like Glow, don't you, Sly? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, she doesn't get naked in the second season. But um, oh, bummer. No, she's pretty fun though. She's uh, yeah. Like the first season's really fun. Yeah, and actually, the second season's more fun. Like they're just mm. doing silly. In fact, there's a whole episode that's like, um. It looks like an episode of like if Glow was the show that they had back mm. in the day. Um, so it's, I guess it's like a bottle episode. No, that's not the right term. It's just yeah. like where it's self-contained. It's it's just like it, it. It is part of the continuity of the arc of the season, but there's no. It's just filmed and edited like the TV show. Mm. So it's everyone acting out the skits of their characters. If if you were watching the actual Glow program oh, gotcha. from home, mm-hmm. um, but some of what the skits are are kind of ties into um, what's happening between the like the episode before and after mm. it. Uh, so it's pretty cool, um, and it feels longer than thirty minutes, but um, it's pretty cool. But overall, yeah, the, the whole season is less dramatic and like serious, I think, compared to the first season. Um, and, like, the beginning starts out with Sam Sil- Sylvia. Like, after the first season, he's, like, less of a dick by the end. In the first episode, he's, like, back to being, like, like a total asshole to everybody. Um, and I was like, oh, no, that's, like, such a great thing that, like, they're backtracking on. But luckily, by the end of the, the season two, he's Why are you picking on the girls, you know? Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm going to unplug and reset it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Hang on. So yeah, Glow season two. Lots of like fun. Demolition Man. <laughs> That's probably my best movie. Is it in the, the 90s, headphones? You know? I think it's the headphones. Hang on. <laughs> Sly, what's your favorite show on Netflix? Glow, you know. You don't like I've anything been fighting else? and wrestling and stuff. Do you like it? You don't like Orange Is the New Black? No. Wouldn't you say that's the female lockdown? No. Hey, uh, can we get back on track here? Oh, both these things are all screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a Sylvester Stallone recording board. Oh, see? That's right. Uh, there's this piece of tape covering up the label. Sorry, guys. I got to get the other one out. Um, yeah, and then the, the whole season's like about keeping the show. Um, and then it turns out, I guess, Bash is a homophobe. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what's his buddy's name? Uh, Fe- Fl- Florian. Um, apparently, was gay. You know, I always had a the, the one thing I have a hard time on binge watching shows when it's a year since the last one happened. I have a hard time remembering characters, mm-hmm. so it takes me an episode or two to get back into it. Yeah, um, but that was sad that he's like his best because there's a a scene where he's like looking at old because they were like childhood friends, um, uh, and then uh, like he tries to get rid of all those memories. Hmm. It's like, oh, that, that character used to be fun. So anyway, um, yeah, Glow season two, check it out. And then uh, the last thing I saw was "Won't You Be My Neighbor," which I saw this week too. Which Zach also saw, and that's uh it's like 
inspiring but also like super depressing at the same time because he's this misunderstood man who only has like goodness in his heart and uh he's he's stuck in a world that's constantly trying to expose him as not being that Hmm. and then like just ripping itself apart in general (laughs) yeah and then by the end you know 9-11 happens and you see this old man who's just like all this good i tried to bring like it meant nothing like Mm. there's problems even bigger than i can possibly take on and then shortly after he dies and mm-hmm. it's just like wow would he die of cancer uh they don't say specifically in the movie but he didn't go to the doctor because he was afraid of going to the doctor hmm. and it's this guy with a, like a childlike soul um who you know him being the puppets is his innocence and everything getting out and oh, yeah. dealing with his like he, sometimes when he's mad too like he that's like king friday is him being that character um, um yeah and daniel the tiger is pretty much like the outward version of himself yeah the essence of like what's really in his heart yeah hmm. um uh, yeah no it was it's 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 interesting also they touch on a an area that i didn't think they'd go into which is all the parodies that were done about him like from eddie murphy down to <laughs> um, yeah just oh yeah mr, mr. robinson's, robinson's neighborhood, neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh look an eviction notice from mr landlord <laughs> um but um they tried to like reveal kind of i guess to the audience that like you know like he could take a joke but like you know his views on television in general like were just like that none of it was helpful except for either what he was doing or just like you had to find a way to like educate and enlighten and he felt that none of that was happening throughout the course of most of his career at, at in general um and that ties in a lot to his personal beliefs in general but i thought what was interesting is like he never it wasn't he wasn't as if though he was calling for those things to be shut down. He was just like, well, we need more of this and we need more of like this in order to help children educate and grow. Um, it was actually pretty amazing to hear the stuff about the um, police officer um, character on the show. Mm. Um, I can't remember his name, Francois. Um, but like yeah, the Francois whole, something. Yeah, but like the whole discussion of like when he came out to Fred Rogers about his sexuality and you know like he's like oh don't don't say that you're gonna get the show canceled right but then like it kind of like grows over time it's just like you realize like it's not that fred doesn't care it's just that like you know there's a there's a there's some things that just at that time you could not like reveal like publicly to people especially if you're on pbs for kids Mm -hmm. so um it's it's very interesting it's 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 a very moving piece um i would i'd probably put it at the top 10 of the year for me right now at least right now so. I gave it one star because they shit on the Ninja Turtles. So, <laughs> shell shock. <laughs> At one point, they're talking about like, you know, kids' cartoons <laughs> being all you know sugar and uh, empty, and they show clips of like, yeah, Ninja Turtles and GI Joe and Transformers, and I was like, fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> did you kidding. get? Did you just? Like, did you flip over your like Alamo table, like Hulk it out, and be like, fuck, <laughs> not cool, bro. <laughs> But yeah, the director who did it is the guy who did um, 20 Feet from Stardom. We won the Oscar for that. And then he also did um, the um, Buckley and uh, uh, the the film on Buckley and Gorbidal. Um So he's really talented. And this one, I think, might be his best work because he's kind of he's exploring a man's personality and life in different sections. And he's not doing it. Extru- he's not doing it linearly in a traditional sense. So. But yeah, yeah. Check anyway, that out. Check out. Won't you be my neighbor? Remember when 
Eddie Murphy used to be funny. Mm. As soon as you said his name, my brain reverts back to uh, the office where Michael Scott goes, I'm a donkey, Shrek. I'm a donkey. <laughs> That's all I can think of every time I hear Eddie Murphy now. I'm making waffles. <laughs> um, yeah. Zach, what'd you watch? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, outside of Won't You Be My Neighbor, um, I started watching uh, a Ken Burns documentary series called The West. How many documentary series does that fucker have? Well, this one he didn't direct. He just presents it. But it has the same narrator, so it might as well be a fucking <laughs> Ken Burns movie. Um, but no, it's about um, the expansion of the West um, all the way from – it starts off in the 1600s and then goes forward from there about like the different tribes of Native Americans and also Spanish um, Spanish settlements that were within the Americas before the Louisiana Purchase and then goes on from there. I'm currently on the episode about the gold rush. Um, it's called the spec of the future, but I think it should be called we've got the gold on a, in an homage to Ryan's uh, review of the Magnificent Seven. Um, but yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's it's I'm learning stuff. <laughs> Nothing else I can really say movie. about it. <laughs> Come on, guy, we got to go. <laughs> yeah, we got to go. You begin the church. <laughs> Wait a minute, their mouths aren't moving, but they're talking. <laughs> I gotta watch that again to see if I'm just totally overblowing. You that. are. The shot is just the box, and they're is talking it? like the, off, the, off camera. It's like my brain, like I can't get past. I'm a donkey, Shrek. I, I couldn't get past it. Hey, there's gold in here. I'm gonna have to watch it again. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. Um, but anyway, uh, speaking of the Criterion sale, um, I uh, I got one online, and then another one I went to the store to pick up. Uh, the one I got online was Female Trouble. From uh, John Waters from 1974. Uh, I still think that's probably my favorite John Waters film just because it's it's a good combination of his most the most transgressive stuff he ever did and also it's a traditionally told story with a linear plot and everything. Uh, but it's a movie about Divine plays a, uh, um, a girl who wants to become famous so she starts murdering people and she starts creating, making murder an art form and then she goes to the electric chair at the end because she's got to die because she's murdered a bunch of people. Um, it's, it's pretty insane. It's nuts. Um, she's from John. Waters. She kills, she kills her mom by throwing a Christmas tree on top of her. Like she, it's an insane movie. Um, but the transfer on criterion looked great for a movie that was shot on like 16 millimeter stock in the seventies. Like it looks pretty fucking good. Um, so criterion did a good job cleaning that up. Um, and then the, uh, last thing I watched actually today, um, was, uh, I got, at the store, the criterion of Cat People from uh, Val Luton production, and Jacques Tonneur was the director. Uh, it's from 1942, um, so it's not the Paul Schrader remake, whatever. Um, I have that one, Screen Factory. Yeah. Um, well, no, that's um, this one. This one's the first one. The oh wait, you're talking about the Paul Schrader remake, yeah. right? Okay, cool. Never mind. Um, but you know, Cat People from 1942. It's about a woman from Serbia who emigrates to America, and she meets a young man. Uh, she falls in love, but she cannot become intimate with her with him because she believes um, that she is cursed by um, uh, uh, by a, a folk uh, a folk folklore from her people's village, where if she uh, tries to make love to a man, she will viciously attack him in the form of a cat. Um, and so the whole movie is pretty much just a series of tension filled scenes. Um, like there's. There's no real horror element like the way we would traditionally know it until the last 30 minutes. Um, and then you start playing with shadows. They never show you a cat person, quote unquote. It's all done in shadow and it's beautifully directed. Um, it The director of the film like kind of got a weird rap in Hollywood like from back in the day. But 
it's a it's a beautiful fucking movie and arguably the sequel is better in terms of the way it examines themes and tropes of isolation and repression was that curse of the cat people yeah curse of the cat people, which scream factory has one um, yeah it they, just came they, out. they just released yeah i got it um it's coming on tuesday oh. um but um but yeah it's amazing and uh the the blu-ray of this is fucking great looking i i mean i know scream factory's got curse of the cat people but i kind of want either one or the other to get the rest of the Val Luton films mm. since they were able to get these ones and put them out because there's some really good ones. Um, like uh, The Body Snatcher with Boris Karloff's fucking amazing. Uh, the Seventh Victim's a really good one too. And then you've also got um, I Walked with a Zombie, which is not a zombie movie. It's voodoo zombies, not uh, zombie zombies. Yeah. So The music from those movies I used for the Invasion of the Twilights oh. score. Nice. I knew it sounded familiar. Public yeah. Domain. Nope, nope. Just, <laughs> just, just did it anyway. Just Brad public stealing. domain, <laughs> not selling those DVDs. <laughs> Brad stole the IP. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So, um, oh, and the the Blu-ray's got a documentary that I hadn't seen in a while, which is called Val Luton Man in the Shadows, uh, which is a documentary that Martin Scorsese produced, and it's all about Val Luton's life. Um, and I'm gonna rewatch it again, but I remember it being pretty fucking fascinating. So, yeah, um, go to Criterion's sale at Barnes and Noble. You'll you won't be disappointed. Find some Cary Grant movies. Oh, Find, I think I have them all. He doesn't have too many on Criterion. But you may not. But the, the audience might not have. <laughs> That's true. So yeah. I we should go so uh, get, support Cary Grant's yeah, estate. Support, <laughs> like he needs it. What a sexy dude, Ryan! I'm dead in the ground. Leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> Cary, is that you? <laughs> it's my turn to visit the grave. Any um. Uh, Rocky Any Philadelphia too. story? I know the Awful yeah. Truth fans here. <laughs> What'd you watch, Ryan? <laughs> um, not too much. I, I've been watching Twenty Four still. I, I haven't made it through the first season because I'm always fucking busy and it's a hard show to watch with my kid. And you're um, playing video games, and I'm playing video games. No, uh, it's still great. I, I love the Jack Bauer stuff. Kim is needs to go. I can't wait till <laughs> she disappears in season three. Um, you know she comes back, right? Yeah, I know she comes back. I've. <laughs> experience the whole series yes um but she does i forgot how stupid she is with rick in that first season where she calls him constantly and she gets mad because bauer wants to get rid of him and even though he's like a criminal she's like we yeah. can save him yeah she, she has that one line i just watched the episode yesterday where it's you're good looking you're smart i'm like no he's not he's an <laughs> idiot he tried to get you murdered yeah but here you are yep and i just and Terry Bauer got her amnesia. Um, yep, but Jack Bauer's still kicking ass. Are you yeah. watching those on your DVD that you own, or uh, well, they're not on Blu-ray. Yeah, right. No, I know, but yeah, unfortunately, they're not on Blu-ray. Uh, but no, right now, actually, I'm watching them on Prime because oh, so they um, are on Prime. Are they okay, on cool, HD on Prime? I don't know. Mm. No, maybe 720. Well, I'm asking you. I can just go. There yeah, just go to the Google machine. It's good um, to know but it's, it's, it's fun. I, I I miss the uh, the series. I've, um, I've still never seen it, so I'll probably have to check it out on watch Prime. It. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Fun. I like yeah. Kiefer. Especially season, well, I think three, but five is pretty good. Too. Yeah. Uh, three, four, and five are pretty solid. Four is when I started watching it. I, I, I remember in Brandon's house, his dad had it on as where Jack walks in and shoots that dude in the leg because they're not answering questions fast enough. Hmm, I need to watch this. And I went and bought the Blu-rays at Best Buy that I mean, <laughs> DVDs at Best Buy that day. Um, I, I only watched two other things. I watched... Um, uh, Justice League Dark, which um, I don't. So 
I wait for some DC animated films to become like six bucks because mm-hmm. I just don't know. And uh, Justice League Dark, it's pretty violent, actually. It's rated R. And it opens with this lady seeing demons and running people over, but it's actual people. And so it it cuts between her seeing the demons and her running actual people over. Ooh. And I'm like, wow, this is pretty dark. And then there's a... Uh, and it cuts so... That goes to Wonder Woman, and then Superman tries to intervene on this other one. And then there's this really uh, haunting scene. So Batman... Uh, this lady is holding her baby, which she thinks is a demon and she's going to throw it off a like a building. So she does. So Batman jumps in and saves the baby and he swoops up. And as he comes back around, he looks down and that lady's like dead on the side of the road. Cause she jumped off. I'm like, Holy shit. This is super fucking dark. But at least Batman saved that baby. Yeah. Batman saved the baby. Um, so All right, baby, you're safe. <laughs> uh, the justice league makes an appearance, the real justice league, but then the justice league dark is Zatanna dead man. Swamp Thing, um, Constantine, and I'm forgetting Whoa. one more. Black Orchid. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Anyways. Uh, Solomon Grundy. <laughs> uh, well, that'd be awesome if Solomon Grundy was in it. He's awesome in the Arkham Knight games. Uh, so uh, who's the guy who played him on the show? Matt Ryan. So he voices Constantine. And it kind of gave him another arc to do. And, it, I mean, it's pretty dark. And it is more fun than i was expecting it to be and then uh afterwards i went up and looked on it and it has like a 7.2 on imdb that's pretty high Mm -hmm. uh and so it's deserved i mean it's different and it's dark enough where you weren't expecting it uh and the only other thing i watched this week is i watched carol with um kate blanchett and rooney mara Oh, and, yeah. Henry, uh, Henry, one of Henry's favorite films from 2015. Yeah. It's so funny because I went and I, you know, I always, so I don't forget what movies I watch. As soon as I'm done watching them, I go on Letterboxd and put them in. And I think I gave it like four and a half stars and Henry gave it three. So I don't know if he's way more critical than I am or he just mishit it. Well he, I, well, he also likes Blue is the Warmest Color more than he would like that in terms of like that type of story. So, so this uh, tells a story of Rudy Mara works at a department store and Kate Blanchett goes in one day and accidentally forgets her gloves and there's already they're already kind of flirting and Kate Blanchett is married to Kyle Chandler and they're separated does he give an emotional speech uh no he's he's kind of an asshole in this movie he's great in it though mm. um and so they're separated and the reason they're separated is because Kate Blanchett is um is gay and so she had a female friend who was her lover who you find out they call her aunt and it's uh, played by Sarah Paulson. Um, the movie's wonderfully shot. It's two hours long and it's a drama and a romance, but it moves really fast. Mm. Um, so it's kind of fun to watch. Uh, and Rooney Mara is great in it. Um, it's a really solid movie and everybody in it acts really well. Um, and there's a, a great scene and, you know, it takes place in the fifties. So I think it's actually based on a true story. Or maybe just a novel written in the fifties. I, I I didn't watch any special features, so I'm I not could sure. be totally wrong on all. Of, okay, I still haven't seen it yet, but it does like it's one of those like two watch films. Yeah, me, and you know? so you know she, Kate Blanchett, is always dealing with you know indecency and um, all this stuff throughout the film, and it's it's really well done. Um, so if you haven't seen it, I definitely would see Carol. I can't remember; she might have got nominated for Academy Award for that too. Uh, she got nominated for Best Actress, and Rooney Mara got nominated for Supporting. Yeah, it's it's a great movie, so I, I would recommend everybody check it out. Um, right on. And that's what I watched this week. Sweet. Uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Sicario Dos. Brad, should people go see Dea? 
de la Sicario. <laughs> wow. <laughs> of the Soldado. Of um, the Soldado. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's it's interesting. Um, and it's well made and um, action packed. Um, I don't remember the other one that well. Like I've only seen, I haven't seen it since we saw it in the theater. Um, but I did notice I was missing like the Deacon's photography. Um, this one's definitely more more action packed than the previous one. Like the 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 previous was like very methodical and slow and. Um, this one is much more kind of like kicks you in the in the stomach. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I I think if you like the other one, you'll like this one. Um. So, but this it's not really like my favorite subject matter, I guess. Mm. So, uh, but the performances are great, and I'm I'm just kind of left with some questions because the ending's a little ambiguous. Zach. Yeah. Um. Having only seen the first Sicario for last week, um. I enjoyed how they went in the direction that they did so yeah i think you should go see it um it's definitely a lot more um kinetic than the first one is um but i think it's it's interesting that they're able to tell a different almost completely apart from the first film story without like you having to necessarily see the first one but it just it it adds to your experience so but yeah i'd go check it out benicio's great in it yeah, I'm going to piggyback off Zach. I think you should see. I think it's a really good movie um, because you don't have to see the first one to see this one. Uh, I think they do a good job of setting up the characters enough. For because it, one of the things I loved about the first one is there was this ambiguity about it. Like you never really knew what was happening, and I think it had to do with because you were following Emily Blunt's character, yeah, mm-hmm. and she didn't know what was going on. And I think that's actually. I know I'm a huge Emily Blunt fan, but I think that's actually what's missing in this one is you needed that beacon in it. Because if not, you mean Benicio's great, Josh Brolin's amazing, but mm-hmm. they're all bad dudes. So you really have a hard time being sympathizing with them. But having said that, I haven't felt this invested in a movie so quickly since Jack Reacher, where it's people being like assassinated on the riverside, and this one and goes with uh, you know suicide bombings, oh, yeah. and it's it's really crazy yeah. um, i think the little girl is probably the closest we have yeah. to like being the vessel of like she like, is but but it's not the but same she knows what her dad does exactly yeah. and yeah. so it's hard to it's hard to root for her too because because yeah, even her introduction is she's kind of a bitch <laughs> um and here's the uh here's the trailer for sicario dose it's a nice day for a drive huh oh beautiful day blue sky large caliber weapons i love getting out of the office take him out Ooh, you're gonna need stitches. Lucky for me, I'll still need them tomorrow. Next week, the president's adding drug cartels to the list of terrorist organizations. You wanna see this thing through? I'm gonna have to get dirty. You're gonna help us start a war. With who? Everyone. They need Blackhawks, strike teams, attack drones. Where's the coup? Mexico. You gotta be kidding. Is that your brother? Because I don't want to kill the pool guy. Well, now that we got the cartels at each other's throats, the secret won't keep long. But I create a black cloud from the trap house to a black crowd. They like blacks, how you got some in the Good luck. Luck doesn't live on this side of the border.
So yeah, we explain a little bit. So in Sicario Dos, um, Josh Brolin is tasked with finding out how uh, these radical Islamic people get into the United States and detonate um, suicide bombs. Um, specifically closer to the border. Yeah, so I he... I thought they already knew they were trying to destabilize them. No, so remember he goes to Africa and they take out that one dude in Somalia and he wants to figure out how yeah. they got there. And that's actually an awesome scene because uh, he thinks he's bluffing. He blows up their house. I'm like, oh, this movie's dark. I don't want to kill the pool guy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to kill the pool guy. But is this the summer of Brolin? Like, he's pretty great in... Yeah. But later in the movie, uh, Catherine Keener says, like, we know who they are. They're just uh, born in New Jersey, and they're pretending to be yeah. uh, and, Muslim um, extremists. She says, but I think they figure that out eventually. Because, I mean, they set him up for that. And So I, in the movie, he has to start a war between the cartels because they're trafficking humans across the border, which is more than cocaine. It's more valuable than cocaine. Yeah, and... Um, and I, I think you're right too, Brad. You miss uh, like Deacon in it a lot because it it doesn't seem as intimate. Where that one, like I said, so you have Emily Blunt and you're following her. And I remember watching. I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? They're literally just putting her in this mission, and she's shooting people on the border. And then it slowly kind of uh, comes into play. And this one does as well, um, but it's a little more traditionally shot. I think it, it is. It doesn't have Deacon's eye. Yeah, and it's not bad. It's just there's so much it, it's lacking shots of like the almost completely dark sunset. Yeah, um, with the silhouettes and things yeah. like there's very little of that. And... Well, because and it's also a point to the fact that like this film is not as um, slow or methodical as the first one. Yeah, it's, it's but it does. But it does still have its own like slow burns in, in between certain scenes. Yeah, especially the action scenes were like really. Like that one shot towards the end where Benicio del Toro tosses a grenade in the yeah. oh, top car that's chasing him, and then it like it's the same shot and it follows it back. Behind yeah, it's him pretty and great. Like yeah, yeah there's some pretty sweet stuff. So there's yeah, there's moments in this movie that my like, ass oh, is pretty awesome. I think the first like three quarters of it are really good. It kind of unravels towards the end. Uh, again, I don't maybe it's because I don't care about the cartel's daughter and that uh, Benicio del Toro's you know saving her because I I don't know. The difference between this and the other, and the first specifically, is that like unlike the first one, there's virtually no one to be sympathetic with because whenever you feel a connection with someone, they do something to make them as bad as the person they're against. Um, every like, I think Benicio is the closest I get to even remotely having any sympathy or empathy with anyone in the movie. Um, uh, the kidnapped, the the kidnapped daughter. By the end, I am feeling for her, but I'm also aware that, like, this is her just kind of, like, seeing the reality of everything she kind of, like, like brags about within that first scene. Yeah. So, um, it's it's, it's, so it's an interesting character study, but, like... It is interesting. It, I, I just don't care about her. Cause, yeah. I mean, it does have a... The th you know, they do a great job where she's, you know, the principal of her school says, I should expel you. And she says, do it. And then he's too afraid to do it because yeah. of the cartel. And then... She has an interesting arc where she's super tough, but then when she gets kidnapped, then she I think then she realizes how much danger she's constantly in. Yeah. And uh, this is like one of like because Taylor Sheridan, who wrote the first one and like did Hell or High Water and Wind River, he wrote this one, too. And I think what's interesting is that he I, I guess he realized more or not like. I guess, like, if you're going to have no Emily Blunt in this one, like, you, you write an intelligent action thriller rather than an intelligent 
politically motivated drug thriller. You know what I'm saying? Like it, there's a difference between this script that Taylor wrote versus the other one he wrote. Yeah. I think too, it's uh, more to the sensibilities of, uh, Denis Villanueva, you know, or Villanueva, Vanilla Ice. Denis Villanueva, Ice, yeah. Um, Versus Stefano Samali. He he did fine. I mean, I don't think that, I mean, there's some cool shots in it. I mean, even the part where Del Toro kills that lawyer in the street, I don't know what the point of him sliding his finger in the other way to shoot. It just looks cool. He's probably just like, hey, 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 uh, what's the guy's name, the director? Stefano Stefano. Samali. Hey, Stefano, I I shoot a lot of guns in movies. I have this idea to just do this. Like, oh, that looks cool. And he says, whatever, just don't stutter. I read an interview with the director, and that's pretty much what he says. Like, I've never seen this done before, and then they did it. Yeah, I mean, it looks cool. Yeah. I mean, it's not practical. But I guess if you're at point blank, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I think um, half of those bullets actually hit. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> the gun is like... <laughs> <laughs> um, but but it's, it's, I mean, it's well made. And Did you pick up on uh, almost a throwaway line of Brolin when he's uh, in that, like, that second meeting with uh, Catherine Keener talking about, um, you know, she wants him... Benicio assassinated basically mm-hmm. and he's like well it took us so long to make this guy yeah it's like so did Reyes not actually kill his family but maybe the Americans did mm-hmm. to... this was something he and I were discussing prior I don't think it's I don't know if it's that but it might be maybe I never I thought know. about that because like the Americans in this are portrayed as like uh, puppet masters of just especially Josh Brolin's character yeah because he seems like he's so smart and he knows what's happening before anybody else yeah because even um, you know, towards the end where they said, you know, wipe it clean. And he's like, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you killed my best operative. You yeah. Motherfuckers. Um, and actually the, the much like the first one, this has the moral complexity issues of the first one, but I think it, in a way it ends up doubling down on that, on that narrative. I, mean, I think that the, the story of the young boy who becomes a border runner is really interesting too. Yeah. Because it kind of shows you how they get into that world. You know, he the his cousin slips him that three two three hundred bucks, and he says, "You know, keep it. You'll make more than your dad makes this year." Yeah. And uh, you know, when you get to the end, because so spoilers, so uh, Del Toro gets captured by him. I think he kind of had that plan. That's why he put that tracker in her shoe, hoping that she they would take her back to Reyes and they could track her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gets shot in the cheek. Well, it looks like he's dead by the the one kid who's running people. Um, and really interesting story. And it, that's how brutal they are. I mean, you can read right now in Mexico, I think 132 um, candidates for office have been murdered. And it's just... Yeah, the, the John Oliver talked about it actually on the, the Mexican elections recently. Yeah, it's so like uh, depressing. And yeah. you you see this world, and you know, uh, when you see Mexico City, it has those impressive buildings, everything looks nice. And then you go to the near the border, and there's people just... you know, I mean, that one kid was killed because he didn't kill Benicio Del Toro. And um, that's how mean they are. I mean, they'll chop off your head, and uh, and that's why the cops too are crooked. There, it's very interesting. It's um, it's it's, and again, it leads into the complexity of it all because like, there's there's evil on that end, and then on the other side with the government, like he's like he's worried. Or what was it? He's he's worrying about getting impeached because you guys killed five federal federali officers. Um, also, that scene when uh, the, the young boy is uh, leading um, the people across the river, there's two things I noticed. First, uh, when the woman gets caught in the drift of the river and uh, she's like being uh, pushed away and he just says, leave her. 
Like I thought that was such a cold blooded moment, and it's so so quick it happens. Like, think of them, think of them as sheep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, and, um, treat them like treat them as such. But then also, um, when he gets when he gets everybody to the truck or wherever where they're gonna take him, and he's like, "Your ride's over there," and he goes up to a truck, and it's a mom, I guess a suburban mom with her baby in the back, going like, "You help me find a job that's got a better pay." And I'm like, "Wow, there is literally no one good in the world at all." And, you know, <laughs> there's a great moment. So uh, after. The kid shoots Del, Benicio del Toro's character, and he thinks he's dead. And it flashes forward to a year, and he's all tatted up and thinks he's a badass. And there's a great moment when he walks in and sees del Toro mm-hmm. in the employee room. I guess the only thing is, is if I know his his character, so I don't know if he's trying to recruit him too. But that seems like something that he would just kill him. I don't. Yeah, the, the that, door that closing means me you'll never know. <laughs> Well, I, I, there's a lot that sets up for a sequel. I mean, yeah, if uh, I'm right about the whole Brolin killing they're planning his family so. to create a, a hitman out of him, because, and now, I mean, and maybe he knows that, and he's going to recruit this kid to like help him. Because at the end him. of the first Sicario, he kills that dude and his whole family. Yeah, which yes, I thought was the, his re- revenge fantasy, but I guess mm. it was some other cartel. But um, also, we can't go to dinner with Benicio del Toro. And we can't go to a restaurant with Benicio del Toro. Yeah, I guess it, basically don't eat food with Benicio you know, del Toro. It's funny you say that because now I'm thinking because that uh, Reyes' daughter also has a line. She says, uh, my dad killed your family. He said, not him, but people that work for him did. So I think the person he killed in the first one was people that worked for that man. So, it's it, so you know, that it's plausible that Brolin is playing both sides because... I mean, he said it to the Secretary of Defense. Yeah, you know. And also, what I, the the one thing that almost put me off of this film from the from the beginning up until about I want to say the midway point is that like with the first film, it was about using Emily Blunt's character to a degree to get the access that they need to be able to do the things they need to do. So it's like a process of like dip, bureaucracy, quote unquote. In this one, it's uh, they literally have a five-minute scene where they say, all rules are out the book, so go ahead and start a war with Mexico or with the cartels. Um, and it starts off like what I would assume like any typical action thriller. I even found like some similarities to the machete plot to a degree. But then it takes its turn with um, that ambush at the uh, when they're trying to transport her with the federally officers. And then suddenly it doesn't turn into a different movie, but it like the tone shifts in its own way. And it, it makes it very, very interesting. It's very, very, that was a great shot when the, uh, the gun turret turns around to the windshield. Oh, yeah. I, oh, like yeah. I saw it coming too. I was like, this is framed. Like that guy's going to turn around. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, yeah, it was pretty, pretty terrifying. Yeah. So well done. So you, did your parents see it? Yeah. What did, what did they think about oh, it? Oh, they loved it. Yeah. They, they haven't stopped talking about it. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I'm trying to get here and there's like gushing <laughs> over it. My dad didn't appreciate the pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> what was the pre-show about? Uh, well, uh, the first one was like some, I guess it would be some like music video like with some weird Mexican dance going on. <laughs> and then it transitioned to, was it the Clint Eastwood cocaine thing? <laughs> oh, yes. Um, yeah, there was. Uh... But the biggest thing that made him like, <laughs> like he didn't get it, but my mom and I saw the satire in it. They did a. It, it wasn't funny or die, but it was like one of those websites. They did a like how what would happen if Mexicans celebrated Fourth of July like we celebrate um, Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Mm. Um, it did go on for too long, but yeah, my dad thought they were just like shitting on Fourth of July and like oh. no, it's like no, that's not the point. <laughs> the other way around, dude. <laughs> so yeah, and then some of the trailers were like 
they were really freaked out by the uh, unfriended dark web. Oh, I don't. Really? I'm freaked I'm like, out by that one, man. Really, that trailer's so awful. Awful. I've heard it's really good though. Like I in terms saw of the, at, like uh, a horror movie. Denver, no, the Mills, and they showed a bunch of Red Band trailers. They showed the Predator. Mm, nice. Um, yeah, we got a uh, the Twenty Two Mile. Rick. Yeah, I got White Boy Rick, and then uh, we got um, Blind Spotting too, which oh, I hadn't seen a trailer for, and it looks pretty good. Um, and then yeah. But yeah, the Clint Eastwood crack cocaine commercial. I had never seen that before, and that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> this is crack. Don't do it. Uh, next week on... Were you saying something else? I was going to say the thrill can kill. <laughs> next week Sorry, on Real anyway. Nerds Podcast, uh, we're seeing Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yay. Uh, it's gotten some good reviews. And I think we're going to have a guest that week, too. So Cool. Who are we having? A stop-motion animator. I don't Harryhausen? Yes, I dug him up. <laughs> nice. Henry Selleck? <laughs> yep. We don't want Tim Burton on, is what we're telling you. <laughs> well, uh, Tim Burton does do the stop motion. It's Henry <laughs> Selleck. <laughs> he just has the ideas. Yeah, he does the movie Magic. I think there should be a <laughs> pumpkin <magic>. king. <laughs> magic. Sprinkling the magic. <laughs> I'm an artist. <laughs> so I'm excited. I need a lighthearted movie. <laughs> I know. It'll be, it's going to be a long time before we get any more Marvel. It's going to be until March. Yep. It's rough. Have Aquaman, I guess. That's not Marvel. <laughs> I know. If Josh Brolin has a cameo in Ant Man and the Wasp, I'm going to be like, he he's might. fucking everywhere. He might. I totally expect, like, at the a- end of Ant Man and the Wasp, Hank Pym just dissolves. You're like, oh shit. Well, you know, I actually can't wait for Ant Man to punch Thanos as super small because Thanos will get all mad. It'd be awesome. Yeah, you just fly into Thanos' ear and then, <laughs> <laughs> then and get then big, become giant man and like <laughs> explode his brain. Oh. Fuck, Scott! <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Problem solved. And then do like a cool Paul Rudd dance. Then it just cuts to just like how they just <laughs> cut um, Thanos's arm off to get the gong. <laughs> have you seen? Uh, have you seen the uh, Paul Rudd on? I think it's on Tim and Eric. It is Tim and Eric, where he's at a computer and he's like, "Show me this dance," and it's just Paul Rudd dance. It's really, but fuck, I got it. I'll show it to you after this. It's really great. Anyways. Till next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.